So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're here today for episode 19 of our TTRPG crowdfunding review show. Joining me as always is my co-host Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi, good morning from a newborn 50-year-old. Yeah, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. Any big, any big plans for the day other than recording this episode? Big old family birthday party later. Nice. Oh, yay. Nice. And then joining us again uh, is our new full-time co-host is Ellen. Ellen, say hello to everyone. Hi. The Ellen era continues. N- no birthday for you, though, right? No, not my birthday. Maybe next time. Maybe, maybe we'll line that up better next time. So It's in May, so <laughs> we have some time. We've got some time. Excellent. So if you're new here... Welcome, though I'm really surprised why you'd pick this episode to start with. But if you are new here, basically what we're going to do is each of the hosts has brought three or more, sometimes, campaigns uh, that are currently crowdfunding on some platform. Isn't always Kickstarter, though a lot of them still are, but we explore any of the ones that we can find, even independently on their own itch page type of thing. So if something's currently crowdfunding and we can find it and we're interested, we're going to talk about it. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes we have some shout outs and some other things, but for the most part, we bring three. I'm going to kick things off today and I'm going to start with paraphrase. This is a Kickstarter campaign and it is being ran by Flatworks Gaming, which full disclosure, I, I know, I'm not friends with, but I know the creator of that company uh, who has come to a Catacon and showed off some of the other games at a Catacon. I don't know they're coming this year yet, but I, just, I do at least know the person. If I saw them across the room, I would be able to wave and say hi to them. Um, this is the fifth campaign they've created. They've backed 46. All of the four previous campaigns were related to the first game they made called Dwarven Smithy. Uh, And as far as I can tell, all of those have been successfully funded and delivered. Currently, or at least as of an hour ago, this one was 95% funded. So it's right on the cusp of getting fully funded. Uh, They were at 5,700 on a goal of 6,000. There's roughly 15 days to go. And Paraphrase basically is a party game where... A bunch of song titles have been cleverly disguised through the art of paraphrasing. And the idea here is that you try to figure out what song is referenced by the paraphrase of the title. So, for example, if I were to say, perchance, could you contact me via telephone? You might recognize that as... Maybe Call Me Later. Call Me Maybe by Carly Carly Rae Jepsen. (laughs) Or a, a lawbreaker with refined mannerisms. Smooth criminal. Smooth criminal. That's right. Uh, So this is a party game. Again, that's basically what it is. And there's like hints you can give. So if you get more points, if you get it right away, and you can give additional hints that will get you there. So if you're kind of someone who likes wordplay or music or hopefully both, this is probably something uh, in your wheelhouse. Uh, There's only really two pledge levels for this one. There's a one copy of the game pledge, and then there's a two copy of the game pledge. So, hey. Uh, shipping is going to be, oh, sorry. So for one game, it's 20 bucks for two, it's 35. So you get a discount if you buy two games and then shipping is 10 for a single copy or 15 for double copies. Uh, this is only deliverable in the U S so there's no, this is a U.S. only campaign for, I guess, international backing is probably just the shipping's probably too wonky for them to deal with. And 6,000 is kind of a low goal, I think, for a game like this. So I'm, my assumption is that they're expecting this to be pretty much a small run. Probably saw a lot of them on the convention circuits and stuff like that. But I like party games. I love wordplay. Um, I'm kind of a, if it's 80s music, I'm probably there. Anything after that, not as much. Uh, and this seemed like fun for me. 
So, oh, again, yeah, uh, delivery is expected April next year, 2023. So could you tell then, is it uh, limited to certain decades or is it just over the whole bandwidth of music? So from what I could see from the campaign is it does stretch. There's going to be, you know, different um, eras of the music. I don't know if there's categories like the person trying to guess knows that. I know there's probably a color coding or something on the card, but uh, just the couple examples I found obviously sp- spread throughout many decades of music. Yeah, there's going to be certain errors I'm really weak on too. But that's, that's yeah, that's a good, I gave a couple good examples that, that was fun guessing, even though I didn't know them. I'm trying to see, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, so there's um, six decades of music, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s. So I guess it doesn't go past 2010. There might be stretch goals for that. I'm not sure. So, all right. So that is my first one. So Ellen, I go to you first this week. What's your first one? Sure. Um, my first one is called The Conduit. And the theme this week, the unintentional theme is uh, solo zine games because mm. that's everything I have picked. Because it's I have, Zine Quest. I have one of those myself. <laughs> Me too. It's Zine Quest. So like, yep. that's awesome. Um so, okay, The Conduit. Um, so the idea behind this one is it's a journaling. Uh, they're mostly journaling uh, solo RPGs when you get into that specific genre. But this one, um, you are being contacted by some sort of entity. And, like, throughout, like, the telepathic messages you receive, you'll, you know, you will um, do what you have to do what you are asked of and you have to write down everything you learn. And so it's just kind of like um, a very thoughtful game. Uh, it revolves around um, the moon cycle. They have a very nice illustration of uh, the cycles of the moon. Um, so it's designed for uh, 29 days for 29, 29 journal entries. Um, but you could do it all one day if you really wanted, or you could spread it out as long as you like. That's kind of the nature of solo journaling games. Um, but the thing that's cool about this one is uh, sometimes there will be, like, crafting elements. And by that, they mean, like, get your scissors and, like, get make collages from magazines or, like, glue stuff in your journal and stuff like that. Or you'll be asked to find a word from a book on your bookshelf or, like, a random word or on, like, this page or um, an expiration date or something in your kitchen and, like, use elements from stuff that you have around to incorporate in the, in the story you're creating. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, and I love a solo journaling game. I love a journal. I love <laughs> everything about it. So I was very excited about this one. Um, and the fact that there's that like kind of collage aspect was very cool. Uh, the conduit is, uh, has 25 days to go. And so it's finishing on, uh, September 9th. Um, it is fully funded at this point. The goal was $450 and they have over a thousand dollars right now. Um, the plus levels are pretty, pretty, uh, low, which is the nice thing about zines because they are cheaper to produce. And so they are therefore cheaper to acquire. Um, so you can get the PDF for $5. You can get the print edition for $10 and then you can get, um, the exclusive Kickstarter, version that has a um exclusive uh cover and different art um that won't be reprinted and won't be part of the pdf but you still get the basic pdf with that level Mm. um and they also have for 15 dollars a writer's group 
PDF. So if you want to do this as like a um, a group, like if you have a book club or if, or your D and D party, obviously. Right. I don't know why I went to book club first when we're all D and D or like TTRPG people, but um. You, if you want to do that with a group, uh, they have it set up uh, that you can print it out and um, use that in your group. So that's very exciting. Um, they also have some bundles with like uh, the writers group stuff and they have different options there. But nothing, the normal pledges are the highest is $25. Um, they still have uh, one limited, which is uh, the like handwritten rule book so if you want the creator to actually handwrite the entire rule book for you in a journal and like that is a one-of-a-kind item that is 450 dollars, so that is still available to someone but like it also comes with everything else you get every mm-hmm. everything else but um that's kind of cool if i had the money i'd be like oh that'd be really cool because that is like a one-of-a-kind thing so if this ends up being a solo journaling game you really like how better to connect yourself to the person behind the conduit than that way so i forget what else i'm supposed to say so i'm going to look at our document when it will be delivered i think is yes the thing you left. okay uh yes uh print edition i'm looking to see if there's a difference between that it looks yep. like the pdf is december of this year and the print edition will be february of next year yep All right, larry you have anything on this one yeah, I like the uh, the way they set up their stretch goals, which they've met several of them already. I, I, I like to see those ones that are kind of, you seem like you might build momentum when you achieve some of those stretch goals kind of early on and build up a little bit of a, you know, push towards your final goal, whatever that ends up being. But I, I you know, it looks really neat, especially that exclusive one you mentioned that's like only in print. The art on that uh, is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Very cool. So, Larry, that brings us into your first one this week. All right. This one is uh, also a solo type. This one's on Kickstarter. It's called Old School Solo Adventures. And this one is going to be a package of four available uh, adventures that are uh, tailored for the Old School Essentials playset. And you can run these with a referee if you want to, but they are designed to have guidance for solo play. And that specifically mentions like the uh, adventures that you've got are, are for different levels of groups. And as far as the group goes, if you look at the individual descriptions of the adventures, it sounds like you're getting pre-gens for each one because it starts out with a second level adventure designed for four warriors. So I'm going, you know, going by that, I'm assuming each each one of these breaks it down and gives you, if you don't want to create your own characters to run you've got uh, you know a ready-made group to go but it also uh, mentions that this is a good way to learn the old school essentials games because they do start out as more of a a walkthrough and it seems like um, it's very reminiscent of the old choose your own adventures books if you remember from I want to say decades gone by because that's when I read them but I know they you know keep coming out with different ones but uh, anyway the rule set in this is tailored to the old school essentials Uh, this one ends on August 27th so you've you've got a couple uh, just shy of a couple weeks left on this one Uh, Douglas Cole's running the Kickstarter and he's already done 14 successful ones Uh, so this is his 15th one backed uh, over 80 other ones so been involved in this for sure the goal on this one was three thousand dollars and they hit that fairly early on i think the second day and it's up to twenty one thousand now on its funding now they don't have any additional uh, stretch goals in this 
And out of the four adventures, one of them, um, let's see, I think it's called Till Death Do Us Part. That one is actually ported over. It was a successful Kickstarter for the Fantasy Trip game system. Uh, so it's already done and been converted to the old school uh, rules. But the other three, he does mention that the writing needs to be finished on the three of the four adventures. But uh, the cover work's already done on it, done on that, and they've got the art for it. So the money they're looking for is you know for the actual printing and the layout and uh, of the other three adventures that still need to be done here. They do vary in levels. So as far as your old school adventures, I. I can't remember off the top of my head if it only goes to level 10 but it's it's a shortened version of that and your first adventure starts at level two and will take you through the next adventure is a level three adventure they're not specific about the third adventure and then the last adventure is for level nine characters so it'll give you a good breadth of, of exposure to the different levels of play at least as far as that game system goes looking to deliver the pdfs in october of this year and also hoping to have the print out uh, as as far as that goes, have everything done and deliverable um, by December, or at least start the mailing in December. You can get, uh, as far as your pledge levels go, it's 10 bucks to get the f one of these in PDF, $15 for two, $25 gets you all four in PDF. And if you want to get print and PDF, it's $50 for all four. Um, they're going to be doing uh, collecting uh, shipping at the end of this so you know keep an eye on that it's you know go, of course shipping is crazy now again you can learn the osc system through this um and i looked at the the one that's already been done for the fantasy trip it was a neat adventure uh, i like the way they give you a good description of each one of the four so you can take a look at that and see if you're interested in one two three or all four of them honestly now the fellow Gaming Ballistic is the guy, uh, Douglas Cole, that's his company that runs this thing. And again, he's he's gotten all of his Kickstarters funded and out. Uh, I didn't see any issues with that. The only thing you're looking to wait on is finishing the writing and layout for three adventures, which hopefully that sticks with the, uh, you know, he's able to keep with the timeline. But I do like the way you can pick up a copy of the old school um, essentials through this if you wish, if you don't have it and you're interested um, so they have like a kit level, uh, for $85. It's hard copy. Um, you know, other than that, um, everything's in, you know, in the Kickstarter, if you want to look for details on specifics, but I like the way it's looking and they have got a schedule towards the end of it. That's laying out exactly when the campaign ends and the steps they're taking to have everything done and in order. And of course, if there's issues with paper and printing, that's going to push things back. But uh, hopefully he's looking to deliver, I guess, October for the PDFs, but December for the print. Um, so that's my pitch for this one. And I'm, I'm interested in this because I do like the rule system and it's nice that you can get a spread of adventures here and for solo play too. So you could even run yourself through these, learn the system and then expose your group to it and try it and see you know, see how they like it. I think I mentioned uh, before, if not on here to Larry specifically, I signed up to play in an old school essentials game at Gen Con and then it got canceled. So the morning of the event, I got the email to the GM. I don't know if that, they just said there was an issue with the GM. They weren't able to be there. So it got canceled. So I still didn't get to play, uh, but it's still on my list to, to give it a shot. So uh, I'm glad we have that representation on the podcast because I don't know anything about about it. Uh, but Larry obviously is very passionate because you bring it up a lot. So hopefully some people will find this. 
uh, and check it out. I do like the idea of the walkthrough aspect of learning to play the game as well as having stuff you can either play as a, as a group or as a DM. I would steal pieces and parts and use it for other adventures type of thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All righty. Anything from you on this one, Ellen? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to echo the thing about, um, you know, being able to use it in multiple ways, like either solo or adapt it. Um, because I recently had a conversation with a friend who his wife has expressed interest in TTRPGs, but wasn't like sure she wants to jump into a party yet for it. And so I recommended to him some like duet adventures. Mm-hmm. And so th- like these types of solo adventures also um, lend themselves well, I think, to like smaller parties or like, you know, just a, a DM and one player, that sort yeah. of thing, too. So that's it's very cool. And I think it's a good way to get new people into the um into systems especially because this is old school essentials and i know nothing about it either so i'm like michael <laughs> i mean i played like original D, so I, I know it's somewhat it's like it's like a retooling of that so I, i'm basically aware but i don't know what kind of changes or innovations they've made so all right so my second one this week is called the riddle register the ultimate book of riddles for all ttrpgs so this is created by Theorycraft. It is their eighth created, and they've backed 93. Uh, four of their previous entries were all variation on a adventure journal product that they have. So it looks like different versions, different colors. Uh, the most recent one appears to still be in the process, but I didn't see anything uh, in the comments or updates that made it feel like it was overdue or anybody was starting to get upset. So it seems like they're on track. They just haven't quite fulfilled yet. The one prior has been delivered. I did see that. So currently, at least as of an hour ago, this was 356% funded. So they have about 1500 on their original goal of around $425. This is converted to U.S. Um, still has about 28 days to go, ending on September 12th. And the Riddle Register is a compilation of over 50 riddles, more to be added by stretch goals, which they've already hit, that are indexed for ease of use. So each riddle can be found and used based on a difficulty rating, uh, if they're related to any specific elements, particular schools of magic, particular character classes, and others. Um, Each riddle has the answer, which is helpful, as long as a list of suggested hints to help get the, uh, the riddle solved if people aren't getting it right away. Uh, the digest will be printed as an a, the product will be printed as an A5 format. Digital copy is roughly 13 bucks US. There's still, at least as of last night, I didn't check again this morning, there were some early bird printed versions that were still available for 15 US. And then estimated shipping to the U.S. is about $13. So you're looking at a little around 30 bucks to get a physical copy in your hands in the U.S. And they are still available. I'm sorry? Just, they are still available because I okay. just did it, but only for like 15 more minutes. So by the time this is out, it will not be. Right. <laughs> uh, so, But they've already hit a level where the book should be like 150 riddles. So that they've already tripled the amount of riddles that were supposed to be in the book. But it, when I checked it last night, they hadn't updated the Kickstarter to reflect that. Like they hadn't like checked off the goals or anything. Um, I checked back this morning to see the dollar amounts, but I didn't think to check that. So I don't know if that's been updated. Uh, and they're expected to deliver November of this year, which is not that far away. I know because that's when a catacon is. Ha, preview. You, did, you thought you were going to get away from me not talking about a catacon, did you? Ha ha. Um, but this comes up a lot. I love riddles in games, but I'm terrible at crafting them. And usually my experience with riddles in games is either one person at the table either has already heard it or just instantly knows it. 
or no matter how long you wait, no one will ever come up with it. So uh-huh. being able to have a whole bunch of riddles that are already themed for TTRPG play, they're broken down by, you know, I think just easy riddles versus all the way to hard riddles. And then like, oh, this is a, you know, a fighter class type of riddle. I think that's brilliant. I think it's something, it probably has been done before, but I'm not aware of it. So I'm, I was very excited. Um, again, spoilers, I have already backed this one myself for the mm-hmm. PDF level because I love, I love riddles. Yeah, I just, I literally just backed it while you were talking about it. I was like, <laughs> I need this. This is a useful reference for me. So yeah. I'm very excited about this. I'm glad you brought this to the table. How do you feel about riddles, Larry? I'm glad that they have got hints built into this because it, it does seem, I've seen the guideline of dropping at least three hints if you want your players to hear you say something. So, mm-hmm. I mean, especially with riddle, like you said, you either, it seems it's either feast or famine with these. They're either, oh, no, another one, oh, just shoot me, or else, you know, hey, this is great, let's get into this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know? Uh- so just a little quick word of advice, again, because this is a TTRPG podcast. Uh, what I have done in the past, I found some s- small semblance of success, is I will just find a riddle that I like, and then I will change words to make it fantasy-ish. So it may talk about like a car or a plane, and I'll just like choose different words to make the, the contemporary riddle make sense in a D&D type world. Or I will Google search for a riddle that the answer is what I want, and then work backwards to figure out how I can make that what, what I need for my game. So this seems to be doing all that work for me. And that's very exciting. All right. So we're back to you, Ellen, for your second one, please. Yes. This is the one where I'm breaking the rules because this one has four days to go. It is uh, ending on August uh, 18th and it is called Fox Curios Floating Bookshop. Um, it is another solo journaling uh, TTRPG. Um and it's, it says its inspirations include things like um, Wander Home, which is a very successful um, indie TTRPG in the community that was on Kickstarter itself. Um, the Redwall series, uh, Wind in the Willows, uh, Stardew Valley, stuff like that. So it's a very um, cozy pastoral kind of game, which I believe we have discussed before is like one of my aesthetics. So <laughs> the, the idea that you could be a, you know an animal person just doing like mundane things and having a good time is appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So um, the basic uh, conceit of the game is you have inherited or purchased or in some way acquired this floating bookshop that you will be uh, traveling down a river and you will spend a year doing this um, in the game Uh you roll to see like who your customers are and if they are welcome or bothersome and what kind of books they're looking for. And they'll ask you weird questions and like all kinds of things like that. And um, you make observations of the customers and you have days off and you throughout the game, try to determine who Fox Curio was because that is the name of the bookshop and that is the previous owner. Um, And there are hints like built into the, uh, game and the stories and the bookshop itself uh, that will you will learn about at each town and you'll get another clue. So that's that's kind of very fun to me. Um, the idea that you get to uh, have this lore that is slowly um, explored throughout time um, and you build your bookseller from scratch. Um, and as I said, the complete playthrough is one year. So um, a year can be tracked. They have a calendar in the zine. Or you can determine that you want the year to be longer or shorter than predetermined. So 
Um, yes. So let's see. Uh, the printed. So the uh, PDF is available in October of this year. So soon. Um, and uh, that is about nine dollars US. It is um, uh, an Australian Kickstarter, so um, there will be the <laughs> there will be shipping costs if you are getting it in print, especially um, if you are not in Australia or the UK, as it turns out, because they are using a UK hub as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the printed zine is about sixteen dollars. Um, it includes the PDF, so you get that. You'll get that first, um, and the printed zine is expected in January of next year. Um, let's go to shipping costs because I already mentioned it. This is, I think, this is only fair because usually the U.S. gets cheaper shipping because mm-hmm. most of the Kickstarters and crowdfunding are based out of the U.S. This one's based out of Australia, so that means the U.S. and Canada have to pay more. And I think it's only fair. Only fair. Yeah, because Australia, it's $5 for shipping. That's great. Um, and the uh, Europe and the UK is between like four and a half and six and a half dollars. So uh, U- US Canada is almost 15 bucks for shipping, which is kind of a lot for like a uh, zine. But like I said, it's only fair because we usually get the the cheaper shipping. Right. Um, so here, here's a life hack for you. So what you do is you order it, but you only pay for the Australian shipping, and then you fly to Australia and have a family vacation, and you coordinate it. You'll save eight bucks. I mean, at that <laughs> price, you'd be a fool not to do it. Right. That that is such a life hack that I I've, I've wanted consider. to go to Australia anyways. This is this is the last thing I need. This pushed me over the edge to to make sure that I'll I'll do it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yes, that is one way to do it. Yes. <laughs> um. Uh, this is the author's, uh, oh, I didn't see, I didn't read this far and this is on me, but I do. It says, you may know me for my work, the lighthouse at the end of the universe. And I do because I Ooh. own that, um, off of itch.io and it's really cool. Um, so that makes me even more excited about this than I already was. Uh, this is, uh, her second Kickstarter and third crowdfunding project. So she's been through it before. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about the aesthetic of this game and it just sounds very cozy and there's also an element of mystery to it that I like. I like that quite a bit as well. Larry, any thoughts on this one, sir? Yeah, when you first started talking about it, animals doing daily life stuff, it reminded me of the old animated Watership Down movie and I just thought that's uh, working in a bookstore sounds a lot safer than living in a bunny's burrow. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. All right. I think that brings us to your second one this week, Larry. Uh, let's see. This one again. I, I've hit Kickstarter on, I think, all three of these this week. I was having Mine too. A, I looked the other places and I didn't see anything this week. Yeah, it was one of those weeks. Uh, this one is a Kickstarter called Interdimensional Shenanigans, and it's part of the Zine Quest. This one's run by Craig Campbell. Um, this one is a friend RP- of the show. We should throw that out there. At least I've interviewed him. He's uh, helped me on some projects. And actually, this was on my list, and then you stole it. <sighs> we won't go into that part now. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would count Craig among a friend of mine, too. I've talked to him at uh, a catacon. And um uh, Anyway, yes, good good guy, I believe. Uh, interesting, a lot of games that he's got over his designer's course. Or uh, course and he nominated again this year. So, I mean, it's not like just a friend. He's a, an accomplished designer that we happen to know. Let's see. This one is an RPG of multidimensional adventure inspired by Rick and Morty. And then he's very adamant that this is 
inspired by Rick and Morty, but he's taking out all the toxic Rick stuff. So in this game, you're looking at, uh, again, it's a zine quest. It's going to be a fairly small, I think 36 pages is what he's shooting for here. The game itself is done. Um, he's usually, this is how he releases his stuff. His games are play tested, written, finished, then uh, he's either doing a Kickstarter to fund art or to pay himself back for stuff that he's, or for money that he's already spent on this one. This one, uh, let's see, Craig's done 17 previous Kickstarters, backed 124 of them. The goal on this one's 1500 It's fully funded at just over $1,600. There's no stretch goals because the game's done and he's not changing it. Uh, again, this, the funding is just going towards the production and everything. Uh, $6 for a PDF on this one, $12 for your soft cover and PDF fulfilled uh, at drive-thru RPG. So you will have to pay a little, uh, you know, some shipping on that as it comes. Expected to deliver in November of this year. This one is a very rules-like game. Uh, resolution essentially is played scene by scene, and your characters are going to be role-playing things out for their direction and their actions through the scenes and then at the end of the scene you're going to make one skill check to see how things go for you and he's got it narrowed down to if you don't have your characters are again it's rules light there's not a whole lot of numbers and crunch to this game at all so you've got uh different skills that you can apply based on what you're trying to accomplish during the scene and if you don't have something that you're particularly good at that way there is a catch-all anything else skill that's going to fill in if you don't have anything better to use and depending on how well your role goes on this it affects your confidence and this seems to be the main thing like a momentum that you're tracking through the game and you're going to try to balance out your confidence without becoming coming overconfident because then the universe is going to smack you down for you know being for your hubris basically and if you fall off the other end of the confidence track and you you're i guess failing a lot then you're going to have to be submitted to the dread of the universe and again things are going bad it's just for a different reason here um this the booklet is 36 pages and in there he's got some story outlines that are presented along with prompts you used to escalate the situation that the characters are in and is very specifically designed this sort of as a teaching module so that once you've run it a few times uh the the idea is that you can go ahead and create your own um stories fairly easily. So there's, you know, uh, if you have a favorite episode or some shenanigans you want to get into, this would be a very light way to handle it where you're not going to be making, you know, encounters with a bunch of stats and stuff. It's more like you're set up a situation. Uh, so the game itself and following through with his other games, they are generally approach things in a lighthearted manner. Even his horror game has a lot of comedy, uh, uh in it. Um, very simple game mechanics. Um, again, Everything is coming through your PDF and your book, uh, Drive Through RPG. They're looking to have limited shipping here to, because it's a small book. It's still going to cost a lot to ship certain places, so they've got it limited to Canada, Mexico, UK, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and he's saying and the US. Sorry, saying he can get those shipped fairly inexpensively. But if you got to have it, you can always message him and he'll make some kind of arrangements. But for the most part. There is some limitation on that. There's a list of contributors that you can look at, but again, it goes through where the money's going. This is ready to go. It's just putting money back into his pocket for paying to produce the game and also to cover the printing and shipping for this thing. I personally don't have any doubt that this will 
I mean, unless there, you know, again, as as a paper shortage or something, it's going to, it's already funded. It's going to be uh, put out when he says it's going to come out. And if you're into that sort of Rick and Morty zaniness where the, there are no boundaries here. So you can play time traveling genre, whatever you want to. I think this would be a fun one to pick up. Uh, let's see. I don't remember. Did I mention it's, it's cheap too. six bucks for the PDF and 12 for the book and the PDF. Um, so come November, uh, if you pledge, look for this to arrive in your mailbox and, and earlier in your PDF uh, folders from drive through. I'm a fan of both the word shenanigans and the act of shenanigans. <laughs> Um, and I just have, I like, I, the whole package is very interesting. I like two things, especially the anything else skill is just like a very fun concept to me. Um, but also um, there's a note here about shipping. Um, uh, the creator gives permission to print and buy the PDF at local print shops instead of shipping to wherever you are outside of those regions. So he, and he notes that it'll cost less to do that than to um, do the shipping. So that's, I feel like that's a very nice uh, thing because, you know, some people are, some people like put in their PDFs, like, you know, personal use only, blah, 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 no printing, that sort of thing. So like giving mm-hmm. explicit permission to do that and understanding that like there are people who live outside of those, you know, eight locations that might want this is, I think, a great thing. I would agree. All right. So that brings us to my third. I I do have a special shout out for my fourth, but my third official here is called One Breath Left. This was created by Ian Howard and is being published through Stout Stoat Press. I'm a little confused where the Ian begins and the Stout Stoat Press begins as far as previous, but the the Stout Stoat has created five previous. They've backed 65. So I don't, again, I don't know if that's Ian or not. Uh, the previous Kickstarter was for Carved in Stone, which is a system agnostic setting guide to Scotland's Pictish people. I probably said that wrong. Um, and is expected delivery in November of this year. Seems to be on pace from what I can see based on updates and comments. Uh, this one is currently 92% funded or was as of an hour and a half ago. Uh, about $7,800 on a goal of $8,500 converted to U.S., uh, and this one caught my eye because it's very similar to what I'm doing with my solo RPG, where mine is fantasy-based. This one is sci-fi-based. Uh, and basically, you are an explorer, which you create through a series of prompts. You then decide which wreck, which is a derelict ship floating in space that you are going to try to salvage. And then you begin to explore that spaceship by drawing room cards out of a navigation deck. Uh, and as you explore the ship, you can run into good finds that help, you know, your salvage operation. You can run into perils, which could ultimately be deadly. And you have a resource of oxygen that you have to manage if you get too far in or if like a peril happens, it could affect your uh, oxygen supply and you could die. Um, Very similar to mine, other than mine is dungeons and there's a spaceship, uh, but there's a very lot of similarities. I thought that was very cool. Uh, This is a there's a digital-only hardship pledge for $10 U.S. The regular digital-only is 19 and the physical book is 31 That's all converted to U.S., so it's all estimated, but it's going to be around there. And the shipping to the U.S. is expected to be between $10 and $20, so it's a pretty, pretty big um, space there. It could be one side or the other, and delivery is expected in February of 2023. 
So I'm only fairly recently been exposed to solo journaling RPGs, but I I really enjoyed the concept. It, again, I had a, an idea and I've just been working on my own ever since. Uh, and I just think this is a kind of a cool version. I do like the, the draw a card random aspect of getting new locations. And it, it says that the, the, the art and layout is going to look a lot like an old manual. Like you would have like a spaceship, um, like those guidebooks you might get for like starship ships or Star Wars ships type of a thing. And all that just appeals to me. I think it's cool. This is on the higher end of a lot of these solo journaling RPGs. You know, 19 bucks for the digital is kind of high, but it looks like this is going to be a quality product. And I think that's worth, for me, it's worth taking a risk at that level. So, mm-hmm. all right, Larry, anything on this one? So this one is, uh, would you consider it procedurally generated since you're drawing out the cards? Is that how... It's like similar to a roguelike game where it just pops down as you're entering it. You don't have to create the whole thing beforehand. Yeah, my, yeah, my understanding is this one has cards that you just draw and that will give you. And I don't know if it will be like a physical representation of that room or if it's just like a descriptor, like this is a galley and it has these things in it. I, again, I don't know that for sure, but you will just, as you go, each room is its new opportunity. You won't know if it's a positive or a negative until you draw it. So I think there's like that risk versus reward situation of how much oxygen do I have? How successful has the salvage been? Do I want to take a risk of opening another room, which could be a, a you know, bane or a bounty type of a thing. It looks like, uh, just to comment on the drawing from the cards, it looks like the physical version has an actual deck of cards, which it says 30 to 50 cards, so you will, and they are square, so you will be able to actually move them around, and it looks like for digital, it has VTT support, so you'll be Mm. able, and you could also print and play, so like, you would be able to move them around on your VTT and, um, get that together, so that's really cool. Um, I, when I looked at this, was like, the illustrations are very cool and i love the um like old like design manual aspect of it and the the mock-up of the book looks so cool that and it's it's not just your normal like little uh well i think it is still an a5 zine but it is a landscape instead of vertical Mm. and um it just looks so cool that i had to back it physically like (laughs) And that is my own personal cross to bear, but like, yeah. uh, it's just, it's really cool. So I would encourage you if you are interested in, you know, sci-fi to take a look at this because it's very neat looking. Very cool. Larry. Yeah, it sure is. The, the graphically speaking, the way you can lay things out, it does look really neat. Um, all right. I'll have to definitely consider this for our contest at the end of the episode hmm. yeah so i should i'll drop it in here uh someone brought up a, an idea that we do when we do our last show of the year to do sort of a recap and look back and, and i know i back a lot of things it seems pretty clear that both alan and larry do as well i think that's part of the reason why we were drawn to doing this type of show so i think we're going to do that at the end of the year we're going to take a look back at all the things that we have backed over the year if we're willing to share that we don't have to get all the details you know mm-hmm. But uh, maybe like some of the ones that we've already got, maybe, you know, things that were disappointing or things that exceeded expectations, things that we're still most expected for. So just look forward to that sometime in December. We will probably do either a bonus show just that or we may incorporate that into our final show, maybe do like one each. We're still working out the details, but I do like the idea of someone who does back a lot to kind of look back at the year uh, and, you know, what, how it's gone good and bad type of a thing. So, all right. So I believe that we're back to Ellen for your last one. 
Or, yes. Well, not your, you have four, so you're next to yeah, last one. Yeah, I cheated. I'm sorry. Um, uh, this one is another solo journaling RPG. Because <laughs> what? That That's surprising. My, that is my theme for the day. Um, uh, it is called Notorious, and it is a game of hard scrabble bounty hunting amid intergalactic war. And so uh, this is the sci-fi portion of the show, it would seem. Um but you play as a bounty hunter, and the cover art is what really drew me in. Like, I clicked on it automatically because the cover art is amazing. Uh, they do mention who the artist is. It's a freelancer um, named... I mean, that is basically Boba Fett and IG-88 right. there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've got... I'm probably uh, butchering this, but Torben Bokemeyer, a.k.a. Turbo.Torbo, a... A freelance game artist graphic designer and game dev generalist from berlin so um yeah the art is amazing um and it's just very you're right it's a very evocative of star wars it's very evocative and there's also like all kinds of um aliens on the cover as well so it's not purely star wars sure yeah yeah it is um it's very cool so the idea is you are playing a bounty hunter and you there are two modes of play um there is a fast mode which is arcade you take basic notes um and simply roll to resolve combat events and that should take about one to two hours and then there's a story mode where you um, respond to questions and prompts during each encounter you still roll dice and you write down notes and stuff like that but the game can last as long as your story does and so i like that it um can take two modes the other thing i like that i'm reminded of as i'm looking at the pictures is it is uh it has a wire binding so it can sit flat so it's not just a normal print binding and that is really cool it makes the cost a little more but like i love being able to lay something flat and i appreciate that that was a design element my, my old uh, savage world books they were all soft bound i did i took those to like a kinko's and did mm-hmm. that I had them cut the binding and spiral bound them so i could lay them flat so yeah i'm a fan of that as well yeah um, there are six profiles that you can make your own, and they're called the Armor, Bot, Assassin, Brute, Gunslinger, or Uncanny. And so you can kind of get the uh, idea of what each of those are just from the name, which is great. I think it's very evocative. And um, they each have different strengths and weaknesses in combat and unique tables to roll on for origins, scars, and flashbacks. So um, this, the PDF will be ready in November of this year. Which I'm excited about. And the print edition... Actually, they are saying the print edition would also be estimated delivery in November of this year. So, that's cool. Hopefully that is true. Um, You know, as we have mentioned repeatedly, like, shortages and shipping and all kinds of things. But those are out of the creator's control. But, so that implies to me that the book is already complete. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are four different pledge levels... Uh, digital, you get a PDF copy that is, sorry, I'm scrolling through. That is about $7 US. Um, a physical PDF uh, enzine. I appreciate very much that creators are automatically including PDFs in their physical copies because I feel like yeah. that is always something that I want if I buy a physical book. Um, so I appreciate that all, I think every, every um, crowdfunding we've looked at today has had that so i think that's a good shift in uh the industry in general um but the uh print edition is about 13 dollars us the deluxe which includes custom a custom notepad an art print pencil and stickers which was honestly tempting but like 
the fact that shipping would cost more and that I don't need it and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll stick with, you know, $13. I can do that level. It's fine. Um, uh, that is about $31 US. And then there's a retail, um, retail tier as well. So that's cool. Oh, and each pledge contributes a digital community copy. So that'll be available through itch.io um, once the crowdfunding is complete. So I'm looking at their stretch goals, and the only one they haven't hit yet is uh, an additional full-color art piece. Uh, in the conversion, they're just like 500 bucks away or something. So oh, they're almost awesome. certainly going to hit that. They don't have any else listed, so maybe they will add more. Uh, I could see that they they really were worried about getting things that would affect the timeline. So I don't think they're going to do anything too too much, but it may be more art, which could slow it down a little bit. But for the most part, I would I would assume this is probably going to hit when it's expected. Mm-hmm. Oh, and for shipping, um, physical pledges outside of the UK, about 8 to $12 US. Um, the deluxe ones would be outside the UK would be anywhere from 12 to $15 US. But um, since it is UK based, uh, shipping there is considerably cheaper, anywhere from two to five pounds. Fantastic. All right, Larry, this brings us to your third one this week. All right, I got to wipe a little bit of drool off. Notorious <laughs> looks pretty interesting, honestly. Uh, so another one from Kickstarter. This one is not a solo journaling game, so <laughs> get prepared to stick your feet in the deep end of the pool, fellas. Um, <laughs> Secret of the Black Crag. Now, this is an island-hopping sandbox adventure centered around a perilous dungeon peak risen from the depths. This one, again, if, like my earlier one, is for old-school essentials. So this one uh, is written joel hines uh, this is his third kickstarter back to 31 he's uh the founder of silver arm and it's more along the line of this in this particular one doing the publishing and running the kickstarter the actual uh author for this is chance dudenak and he's done the uh, black worm of brandedsford and the isle of forgotten gods both of which i have bought off a drive-through when i came across them and as far as a sandbox author, those two are wonderful examples of what you would want in a sandbox. So in this module here, you're getting um, the Secret of the Black Crag. It's going to be a the central dungeon is this the actual Black Crag dungeon. So it's it's come up on an island. There's three other excuse me. There's two other smaller dungeon locations that are. Um, fully made for you to use and then there are other locations around the islands that you can explore so it sort of reminded me of the old uh, was it the x the x1 adventure for the uh and dungeons and dragons the isle of dread i think it was where you do a lot of traveling around the area sort of in a hex crawl type where you go and explore and see what's here then move somewhere you know move along and see what's what's over here what's over there um this runs through September 8th, so there's plenty of time on this one. The funding goal is 10000 and they've doubled that. They're just over 22000 right now. Uh, it's $15 for a PDF, 35 for print and PDF. Now, they do have a stretch goal they're coming up on at 25000 which would be your virtual tabletop assets. And then and another big jump, if they make it to $35,000, they are going to have uh, pay raises for the contributor, contributors to this. Expected delivery date is going to be in feb- February of next year. 
So you've got a perilous dungeon here that's sort of the main point of this. The book is going to be A5 digest sized, about 100 pages. Again, old school essentials by design. Uh, they're going to be doing shipping through backer kit. Um, the cartography is being handled by Glenn Seal from, uh, I believe it's Monkey Blood Designs, and I personally think his maps are awesome. He's, you know, on the level of, of Dyson logos as far as when you see the quality and, and the little things he puts in his maps so they're not just a generic dungeon map you can see the design of it and there'll be um, a lot of very small i don't want to call them easter eggs or anything but if you look at a map that uh, of his it's not just cross hatching it he puts a lot of handwork into it i think they're they're usually beautiful maps um Let's see, the uh, fellow that's writing it, um, Chance, has also done some of the interior art for it. Um, so the Kickstarter uh, was a little bit late, the last one that they did, but that was all apparently due to printer issues, and the PDF was actually delivered on time. So I don't, have, I don't think you're going to run into it being late unless, again, there's another disruption with that. But you can look through uh, and see the artwork that they've already got. Um, some, of, some of it here that they're showing for you that's done is really nice, uh, black and white. It goes through and gives you a breakdown of the different factions that are going to be included in this. There's almost 20 different locations. The islands are called the Salamander Islands, and it's, again, on a hex map. So you're going to be able to do that sort of travelogue if you're uh, interested in doing the hex crawl type of adventure here there's a big uh, pirate outpost that's uh, detailed there's uh, all sorts of um, encounter tables that they have pre-set up for for your travel and and once you're in locations they've also got a little section here since it's an island-based adventure and assuming you're going to be traveling at some point maybe to on a pirate ship or another ship around they've got a section on uh, some adventuring rules for doing things underwater and these are not super detailed but they've added a section here that they're calling quick and dirty to help you if you chug down your potion of water breathing and then dive in the water to do something here's some additional things that you can put into play to make it a little more than well now you're just wet so uh, they do have some additional treasures they've put into this and some monsters. And the one that they are touting here is, come on, we've got a talking gorilla and a captain's hat. How can you pass that up? So uh, they go through that the That is rewards. a compelling argument. I mean, it, it, that caught my eye. I was like, well, you've, you've got a point. But again, <laughs> you can put that into any game you like, right? They do have uh, additional... They've got an add-on section here if you want to get patches. You can also get the previous uh, adventures, two of which... Well, the only two, I believe, are for the Mothership game, and that was actually done by Joel Hines. Those were se separate, successful Kickstarters. Um, so take a look at this. Like I said, they're coming up on their digital assets for VTT goals. I uh, I think it's pretty neat looking, and I'm interested in it. And I, can, I will say that uh, chances the two adventures of his that I've got are wonderful in the way that they have their locations and as a sandbox – Everything in one way or another through either a rumor or some kind of direct information will tie in to another place. So you're going to have the uh, the ability to, to read through this and then figure out, oh, you know, I can talk to my players and they're going to, if they, you know, ask around a little bit, they're going to know when they're starting out, if they go to the deep, deepest dungeon here, they're screwed. You know, just because of the way things are set up, you're going to get information. Uh, like I said, it's just a, I think a well done 
his previous ones have been well done sandboxes and I uh, appreciate that. And I think this one will be a fun one to get into. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I, uh, I think I mentioned in a couple of different places, but I, I've recently restarted uh, playing D&D with my childhood best friends, the ones I started playing D&D with when I was 12 years old. And we have not played, for the most part, in, in the intervening years. And they are coming back to it with kind of a bit of an expectation of what it was like back then. But I've obviously changed the way I run games. So I'm back to using maps and minis just because that's the way they know how to play. So I'm on the lookout for dungeon-type adventures. I'm still going to put all the Michael roleplay stuff in there. But when it comes time to, to go into a dungeon, I want it to be a cool dungeon. And this sounds like a fun uh, uh, module for that type of thing. I like that they uh, mention a rival pirate crew generator. That is... Uh, fun. I always love a good NPC generator, but mm-hmm. you know, creating rival pirate crews, uh, you always love to give rivals to your adventuring party. So that's just a fun little note. Yeah, and the idea of doing that is something I would obviously want to do, but then the actual practical terms of generating a couple interesting people to populate that crew, I don't always have that top of mind. So that, I do like those generators to help me fill in those type of details or if you know, the players do something unexpected, which you should expect them to do, but you know how that works. Um, if something comes up like, oh, I didn't expect them to do this till three weeks from now, I need this now, then you can do that behind the screen and make it seem like that's what, that was your plan all along. All right. So I think, um, Ellen, you had your fourth shout out if you want to do that first. Yes. Uh, and this one is going to be light on some of our details because it's not out yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know how much it costs. I don't know when it's going to be fulfilled. I don't know any of that. But I do know that it is called Rune. It, uh, it is by Spencer Campbell of Gila RPGs, whom I love all of his stuff. Like, I've played a lot of Slayers. I've played a lot of Drifters. I played the Dust expansion for Slayers. He has a bunch of other games. And I have been watching this on Twitter since, like, he started talking about it in like February or March. So I've been very excited about this. And it is a solo TTRPG inspired by Souls-like games, specifically um, Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, fair warning, I am going to be um, running a playtest with uh, another member of Chaotic Wonderful on the 17th on Wednesday. Um, so... I do have a, well, I mean, it's, we're doing it for free. So it's not, I, I have a personal stake in it in that I'm very excited about this. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yes. So uh, the idea is you are playing as uh, someone called an engraved, a traveler between the various worlds that have emerged from a uh, event that cracked and broke the world ages ago and so the idea is there are different realms that you'll be able to uh, travel to and each realm will have its own different theme and conceit um there is one that is currently released with the playtest materials called the i don't remember what it's called (laughs) but um there is one that is currently um available but the and that one is sort of like more traditional fantasy but the idea is um the realms could kind of be anything they want because they are discrete um areas that have been broken up from the overall world Mm -hmm. so um you are going to uh travel and it is kind of broken up between like exploration and um tactical combat and the idea is to make it like those soulsborne games where you have to um be very uh thoughtful in the way you interact with enemies or else you will die (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um that's what the kind of uh 
play style he wanted to bring to this. And he also wanted to make it very uh, uh, exploration heavy with environmental storytelling. So there's very, um, there's pretty much like two modes of play and you can shift very easily from the exploration to the combat and then back to the exploration. So um, I have seen various like uh, art assets for this. It looks very cool. Um, the idea is you want to go around defeating things and collecting runes to make yourself more powerful. I don't know what the end game looks like. I don't know how you win, <laughs> but like with solo journaling games, you kind of like, it, it does say take back your fate and die trying again and again. So like, I think there is like an actual like win state. Don't know what it is yet because we do not have the full Kickstarter information, but, um, the, I, I feel like with these Soulsborne games anyway, you kind of like, the assumption is you become the most powerful and that is like kind of your goal. So, gotcha. um, so yes, it's this uh, Kickstarter is going to start on Tuesday, which is the 16th um, and is going to run for one week, which is why I wanted to get this in because the next time we talk on this show, it will be done. So, uh, yeah, so um he has done, Spencer has done um, various other games on Kickstarter before. He has a bunch of his all available on itch.io. He has won Ennies. He's been nominated for a bunch of them. Um, I have every expectation that this will be really, really cool and really fun. So that's why I was like, I'm going to share four this week. Fantastic. And then I also have a fourth this week. This is a project called Acarticon. I think it's a video game. Oh, wait, hold on. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting word now. It's actually a catacon. Uh, it's the gaming convention that I run. It's currently on Kickstarter. Uh, as of this moment, it's at 98% funded. I've actually been keeping up. I've got a pledge or two while we've been talking. Uh, so we're about a hundred bucks, a little over a hundred bucks away from funding. So fingers crossed that will happen later today. Uh, we still have about 24 days to go as of recording. And we are looking at stretch goals, which is not something we've really done in the past because it's never came up. But uh, we're doing so well this time. We're looking at some possible stretch goals of um, obviously adding more prizes. We have a daily prize pool raffle that we give away um, prizes a couple times or at least once every day, usually a couple times on Saturday. So we just might add some more prizes, go out, buy some new stuff. Uh, the idea of maybe renting a karaoke machine and having a karaoke event, though we would actually run it. So rather than sending people to a local bar, which we can't really control that environment, keeping it safe and, and friendly to a catacon and attendees who want to get their rock on, uh, we can do that as well. And then uh, I may reach out to some of our local game designer friends and see if maybe we can get a deal on a whole bunch of PDF copies or print copies and give books away. We, we've done that in the past with, with Tracy. Uh, we gave every attendee a copy of a role-playing game. So we're looking at maybe doing some stretch goals. Hopefully those will be announced soon because we, um, we have need of them. Uh, and this is a little sneak peek. We're actually going to release our updated COVID protocols um, probably in a couple of days. So currently our plan is we're not going to require anything because the CDC is not telling us that we have to. But we want to incentivize people taking care of themselves and others. So what we are going to do is if you voluntarily show us a vaccine card, we will give you extra raffle tickets. That's the only way you can get them because it, it's, we're not a charity, so we can't sell raffle tickets. We messed that up once, but we didn't get caught. Um, or if you wear a mask every day, we will give you bonus 
tickets. So that's how we're doing it. If you, if you voluntarily mask or vax, we will give you some free tickets to increase your odds of winning some of our cool prizes, but we're not going to require anything. So that's, that's our decision. We're going to incentivize. We're not going to require. Hopefully that helps some people out. So if you want to come to Dayton, Ohio in November, I don't know why you would, but if you were going to be there anyway, Catacon, it's a great little gaming convention. We're hoping for like three to 500 people again this year, probably closer to 300, but 500 would be amazing. Um, and it's full of all kinds of games and gamers and podcasters and stuff that you probably know or should know. So that is my fourth this week. Larry, anything on this one? I would throw in, I've, I've backed it because I am I intend on going again. I've been to two of them. It is a wonderful convention, honestly. And it's... It, easy to get from where you need to go to where your next game is, or, or if you, even if you just have to go upstairs to one of the seminar rooms or something excellent. I, I, yeah, I don't, I can't really say anything bad other than, you know, the, anyway, it's, 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 (laughs) I was going to ask you, could you, could you get catering in there? I Uh, mean, yeah, that, that is our, one of our biggest drawbacks is the DCC is very strict about food because they sell concessions. That's how they make a lot of their money. So we're not allowed to bring in outside food, at least not while they're there, but usually leave at six, FYI. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, food is one of the things that has been a detriment, but it, it is what it is. There's a, some amazing restaurants within walking distance, though it can be really cold in Dayton, Ohio, November. So maybe wear pants, not shorts, but the barbecue space place, especially everyone goes there. It's, it's amazing. So highly, highly, I encourage you to do that. Uh, And Ellen, not to put you on the spot. So I will delete this if I need to. Any thoughts from you on this one? I do have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts, including looking at flights right now while we were talking. So I was like, huh, there are GM badges. I could go. I could run the one shot that I have in my back pocket for Deadlands twice if I needed to. Like, I could do that. And I'm like, the 4th through the 6th, I'm like, that's a Friday. I could take off a Friday from work. And so I'm like thinking about this. So I have not yet hit the back of this project button, but I think that will be coming shortly. And so I might, like, be chatting you up in DMs about this. But um, I, I think... I definitely want to go, and it is enticing to me to be able to run games as part yep. of it. So, yeah. And again, I could talk about a catacon for hours and hours and hours. Most people don't want to listen to me, but but we have reasons for everything that we do, and sometimes those reasons make sense, sometimes they don't. But I'm welcome to talk to try to explain everything. But one of the things that I have found going to Gen Con because I love Gen Con, but they're they highly incentivize player hours. So if I run a game for six people. That's better for me for player hours than if I run a game for four people. But I have found personally that I don't like games that have eight players. I just mm-hmm. I, I don't like sharing the spotlight that much. I don't find them to be as much fun. I know some people do. You know, you know that's, if that's your thing, happy to do it. So we don't incentivize player hours. We incentivize games. Mm-hmm. So if you run two things, and they can be anything you want, then we'll give you the, the cheaper badge. Now, mm-hmm. you are in a unique position because technically you're faculty now, so we need to check because you actually don't have to buy a badge if you don't want to. Oh, okay. So we can talk about all that other stuff off air. But again, Catacon is a literal dream come true for me. It's my favorite time of the year. It's so much fun. It's it's so stressful for me, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, there's some events there. I run a D&D murder mystery LARP every year. That is a highlight event. I run Scooby-Doo Dread every year, which is a highlight event. Uh, it's going to be an amazing time. It almost guaranteed that we're going to get there. I don't. I shouldn't say that, but we're pretty much going to get there. It's just a matter of how much further can we go? What can we add? Extra bonus? Uh, and how many people can we get to show up and play games with us? That's what we're after. So 
Enough of the catacomb talk. We're now going to move uh, into no, our... No, wait, wait. Oh, no. Why, why have you never said the words in order to me before? Murder Mystery LARP. Why is this the first time I've heard of it? Because I am obsessed with this idea. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yep. So I run this every year. It's it's eight position, eight players. Everybody's assigned a role. We don't require costuming, but it's encouraged. And it's basically a murder mystery LARP, but it's D&D themed. So certain people have... D&D type powers. One person gets to roll a D20 and that can affect how they interact with people. It uses a Jenga tower uh, for some conflict resolution and it involves cake, actual cake that you can eat if you would like, but you're not required to because some people don't like cake. Weirdos. But anyway, but yeah, that is uh, one of the things, if nothing else, you should come to that. It, get, it usually sells out. Well, quickly, nothing costs anything extra, but you have to get tickets. Mm-hmm. So usually it gets sold out. But I mean, People grab those tickets early, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. But yeah, it's it's a hard ticket to get. Uh, I run it one time every year. It's one of my favorite things that I do in this space, and I would be happy to share it with eight new people this year. I hope to be one of them. <laughs> so with that out of the way, we're now ready to move into our Going Last Memorial Pickstarter event. This, again, is reference to one of my favorite podcasts, which is sadly faded, uh, Going Last. Rich, Kenna, still love you. Um, and they would cover Kickstarters a lot. And what they would do is they would pretend that they had all the imaginary money in the world and they could back any of the projects they covered at any level that they wanted. But if you do, you can never, ever even interact with the others which is why I picked a catacomb as an honorable mention because I wouldn't make you make that choice. Um, so we're only going to do the, the top nine, the ones that we actually picked. You have all the imaginary in the world, but if you pick it, you cannot even interact or play with the other copies. Ellen, I'm going to go to you first because I know that you hate this game. Oh, I do. Which of these <laughs> nines are you going to pick start? It's hypothetical and it hurts me every time. <laughs> um, yes. And so I'm saying that my honorable mention doesn't count because it's not started yet. So like that exempts Rune because I would say Rune is my option, but that would make me very sad um, because there are a lot of other good options. Um, I think I am... One Breath Left is really good. The Riddle Register is like super good. And you know that I backed both of those during this recording, so. Um, But I think I have to go with Notorious, just because, like, it looks so good, and the... I really like the fact that it lays flat, and, like, the the design of it's very cool, and you get to play as a bounty hunter, and that's just very cool. But it hurts me to say that, because all of the other ones are very cool as well. Yeah, again, that's why this game is fun, because it's a hard choice. If it was an easy choice, it wouldn't be as much fun. All right, so Larry, what about you this week? I, too, was looking at One Breath Left and then Notorious, but I think uh, since one, left, one Breath Left is not quite funded yet, I'm going to take it at the deluxe level because that's mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff you get. Mm-hmm. Although I will secretly fund Notorious <laughs> afterwards off the air. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do because I do like the idea of you've got you to balance your oxygen, your wealth, and what's around that next corner. That one illustration that it leads off with where the – the uh, space fellow is reaching in for his wrench and there's something on the other side of the wall that he doesn't see. That got me right there. I was like, Ooh, that's a good setup. I like that. Yeah. We got some good ones this week. And also I think because a lot of us went with the, the, the journaling design, they're, they're sort of similar. So it's hard to, you know, it's like picking favorites. They're, they're, so I don't know. Uh, obviously, all the three that I picked, I liked, I have already backed a couple of them again myself. Um, but I, I th- again, this is not an easy choice, but I think I actually would go with Secrets of the Black Crag um, because, again, I have that D&D group I'm playing with my childhood friends. I, I think that would give me a wealth of content. I think it's a it's an interesting product. It's 
valuable, but I probably, I don't know that I will get value. So if I'm throwing imaginary money, I could go at the highest level, get all the bells and whistles, get the VTT support if that thing, if that happens. So if I have someone else's money I'm playing with, it's secret to the Black Craig, but we all know secretly I'm actually throwing all my money at a catacon because technically I already have. So, all right. Well, thank you both as always for being here. Absolutely a pleasure. I'm, I'm so glad that we bring these together, even though it costs me money every single week. <laughs> uh, Land of M just finished i think yesterday that credit yeah. card took a hit uh so larry I, that's that's on you buddy it is but, well, it got me too yes <laughs> yep got me it was a triple threat it got everybody yeah um but again listening or reaching out to you the audience if you have campaigns that you're running or just one that you love that you think could use some more exposure please send it our way we don't really have a mandate on the show but our goal is that we we're trying to bring attention to ones that maybe wouldn't fund without us or maybe wouldn't get to such a high level without us doesn't always work that way but that's kind of what we're doing so if you have something that's on your radar that you think should be on ours please email us the rpg academy at gmail.com let us know and we will take a look and please if you do go back any of these there's a way to message the creator either through the system or email or tweet. Let them know that we sent you there because that helps us as well get more exposure. We've got a couple nice thank you notes from some of the creators lately who just saw that we had talked about them. and They sent me a little thank you note. I love that. It means the world to me. So I'd like to see more of that. Uh, so with that, we will sign off by saying, as we always do, if you're having fun, you're, you're doing, doing it, right. it right. That's great. See you next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.